Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm Laura Christensen, and I am here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes and a link to join our private Facebook group for podcast listeners over at bloggingbistro.com. This is part two in my mini-series on guest blogging. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, number 54, yet, we had a lot of fun last week, so please listen to that one first. During that episode, I introduced you to six surefire ways to guarantee that your guest blogging pitch gets instantly rejected, and I gave you lots of examples of actual unretouched guest post pitches. The show notes at bloggybistro.com include complete transcripts for both episodes 54 and 55. I recommend that you open the show notes right now for episode 55 and follow along as you're listening because today's show notes are a swipe file. In other words, it is packed with ideas that you can copy and adapt for your own use as you create your own guest submission guidelines. If you're actively seeking guest submissions for your blog, here are some tips for what to include in your guidelines. You're going to want to start with an overview of your readership. Tell the potential guest blogger a little bit about who reads your blog. So for example, my blog, the Blogging Bistro audience, is comprised mainly of authors and other entrepreneurs who classify themselves as tech-challenged. They're here to learn. They want specific, practical ideas that they can implement immediately. Then you want to provide a list of the types of topics that you're looking for. These topics must align directly with the core products, services, and programs that you offer as part of your writing-related business. You also want to explain what you're not looking for. During the years when I accepted guest post submissions on my blog, which I no longer do, so please don't send me one, I stated that I did not want general articles such as why it's important to blog. And that topic has been covered ad nauseum by every blog on the planet, including mine. I countered that with an example of a topic that I knew would appeal to my readers, such as how I increased my blog readership 500% in one month. See how much more specific that is than why it's important to blog? I also noted that I would not accept articles that came across as salesy. Many guest bloggers make subtle or even blatant pitches for their own products or for the company that has hired them to guest blog on their behalf. I just don't accept that. It's fine to pitch yourself or your products or your services in the bio that goes at the end of your guest post, but you don't want to be heavily pitching yourself throughout your guest post unless, of course, the blogger that you're blogging for asks you to do that. The next thing that you want to include in your guest post guidelines is a description of the type and tone of articles that you're looking for. So, for example, do you want the guest post to be structured as step-by-step tutorials? Do you prefer a Q&A format? Do you want your guests to include personal anecdotes? Do you want it to be story-based? How about case studies? Do you want them to share case studies? Or are you more of a statistics person? Or do you want some combination of several of those different items? Do you want the article to be written in an informal, conversational tone? Should the guest blogger speak directly to the reader using like you or even using the first person point of view? Or do you prefer a more formal third person tone such as business owners today or brands must engage their audience? So think about the tone that you would like to portray, which should match the tone that you typically use on your blog. 
Then in terms of structuring the guest post, you want to give potential guest bloggers an idea of how they should set up the post. So for example, do you have a length requirement, both a minimum length and a maximum length? How long do you want their paragraphs to be? Most guest bloggers know that paragraphs in a blog post are generally only one to three sentences long. And the reason for that is because many people read blogs via their smartphone and they're a very narrow column and you really don't want to see this big long block of text as you're scrolling down your cell phone. You want to have breathing space and so blog posts tend to be broken up into extremely short paragraphs. Your guest poster should already know that but if they don't you need to include that information in your guest post guidelines. Another way that you can break up those long blocks of copy would be to insert subheadlines or to insert lists such as numbered lists or bulleted lists. So if you would like your guests to break up the long blocks of copy, then let them know that you expect to see things such as subheads and lists and bullet points within the body of the content that they send you. A lot of guest bloggers include hyperlinks in their article, hyperlinks to resources that they are quoting from, to primary sources, to their own website, to you know lots of different other web pages. First of all, you want to let them know whether you accept hyperlinks in the body of the article, and if so, how you would like them to incorporate the hyperlinks into the story. Next, how would you like them to attribute expert sources and quotes? Many, many guest bloggers quote from famous people or celebrities in their articles. And so how do you want those attributed? And also, do you want to require the guest poster to include a link back to the primary source where they originally dug up that quote? Then finally, how do you want them to conclude the article? Do you typically include a conclusion section in your blog posts? Do you want them to wrap up their story by encouraging comments, maybe asking an engaging question and then asking people to leave a comment? There are lots of different guidelines that you can provide there that will give the guest blogger a really good idea of how they should structure their article before they send it to you. Another one that you really want to consider is requirements for images, graphics, and or videos or audio if you use audio in your guest posts. Do you want the guest blogger to include original images, like that's one that they've taken themselves, or can they send you royalty-free stock photos? Can they take screenshots and send you those? Do you want them to include a video or some kind of an audio that will visually enhance their article? Now here's a little tip for if they're providing you with royalty-free stock photos. Many times when you download a stock photo, either a free one or a low-cost one from one of those stock photo services, the purchaser is required to include a link back to the source from which they downloaded the image as well as copyright, licensing information, or maybe even to give an attribution to the original photographer. So find out if they're sending you stock photos from which stock photo service they downloaded the photo to begin with and then what the licensing requirements attached to that particular photo are because you want to make sure that you are abiding by copyright laws and that you're not violating anyone's copyright. 
Another thing in terms of images and graphics that you can make as part of your guest post guidelines is to specify the size that the images should be. When I was publishing guest posts, some of my guests included ginormous images along with their article. And so part of my guest post guidelines was asking them if they could resize the photo to meet the specifications so that they would fit on my blog. That would save me some time because then I don't have to go in and resize the photo myself before uploading it to my website. And then also when you are receiving images from a guest blogger, do you want them to send those images to you as attachments or would you prefer that your guest uploads the images to an online file sharing service, which might make it easier for you to retrieve some of those large images? The next major section in your guest post guidelines is an explanation of how you would like them to format their submission. I got really nitpicky about formatting in my guest submission guidelines because a correctly formatted article saves me a ton of time. When a blogger takes the time to format their post to my specification, it shows me that they're professional. It shows me they're reliable. It shows me that they care about the details. If you're thinking of guest blogging and you want to get invited back to guest post on a certain blog, carefully follow the guidelines for formatting your submission. Here are some of the formatting tips that I specified in my guidelines. I asked the guest to draft their post as a Word document. I mean, pretty much everybody uses Word, right? So that's easy to do. Don't use any special formatting. In other words, you don't need to put boldface or italics and you don't need to put your title or your subheads in a larger font. I preferred to do the formatting when I uploaded the guest blog post to my WordPress dashboard. I asked my guests to put a suggested title or maybe even two or three suggested title alternatives for their guest post at the very top. And to help them come up with a title that would be SEO friendly, I said, ask yourself, what would someone Google to find this article? Because sometimes people come up with really esoteric, weird, <laughs> vague titles for blog posts. And you don't want that. The majority of people who land on your blog are going to have found it via a search at a search engine. And so you want to make sure that you're including some really strong keywords that people would search for in order to find your particular article. And then the next thing I tell them in terms of how to structure their guest post submission is and you start with putting your title at the top. And then on the next line, insert your byline by Laura Christensen, by your name. I then tell them don't indent paragraphs because on blogs you never indent paragraphs, but to left justify the entire article. Next on the list of formatting tips for guest bloggers is when you get to the end of a paragraph, just hit enter or return, depending on what your keyboard has. You don't need to insert a blank line between paragraphs or to use that automatic paragraph spacing feature. The other thing that you're going to want to do is to delete extra spaces, in other words, double spaces or triple spaces at the ends of paragraphs. All of these things are intended to give you, the editor of the guest post, a nicely formatted, just a very clean document to work with. Because when you set this article up in your own blogging platform, you're gonna do the formatting inside the blogging platform. So you just want a nice clean article to work with. Another thing in terms of formatting that you wanna make sure that your guest does is if they are referencing other websites, 
make sure that they include the full URL of the page that they are referencing. And then finally, ask them to carefully edit their article for grammar, usage, spelling, punctuation, and capitalization before sending it to you. Here's an important disclaimer to include at the end of your formatting tips. If we accept your submission for publication, we reserve the right to edit as we deem necessary. Now note the word if there. If we accept, you are not guaranteeing that you're going to publish the submission. You're guaranteeing that you will review the submission and that you reserve the right to say no if it doesn't meet your guidelines. Now let's talk about the bio. At the end of every guest post, you should include a headshot of your guest along with a short bio. I recommend that you require your guest to state their real first and last name, not just first name alone and not a pseudonym. Ask them to include a link to their website and possibly to their favorite social media account in their bio, and then check out those links and attempt to discern whether your guest is legit before you accept their submission. Give your guest some length requirements for their bio. Are you going to accept a one-sentence bio, a two-sentence bio, 50 words, 100 words? Give them some guidelines on how short or long you want the bio to be. Make sure that you request a headshot of the guest blogger. This one can be a little bit tricky because in my experience, guest bloggers often send headshots that are postage stamp sized and they're blurry or they have some really weird pose in them. Or maybe there was another person that was originally in the picture and they tried to crop that person out of the picture. It just looks really strange. And I'm thinking, you know what? Pretty much everybody has a smartphone these days. So go outside on a nice day and take a selfie of the neutral background behind you. Or if you can't take a selfie that's not blurry, have somebody take a picture of you. <laughs> it's not that hard. And then ask your guest blogger to send a high quality headshot that includes a neutral background. Include this disclaimer in the headshot area. I reserve the right not to use your headshot if it does not meet my quality standards. And trust me, guest bloggers are going to send headshots that do not meet your quality standards. Then finally, let them know where to send the submission. Provide the email address that they should send their guest post to and then instruct them what to put in the subject line. The subject line would say guest post submission for and then insert your name or the title of your blog there. So I would say guest post submission for Blogging Bistro. That lets you know when this email is coming in, aha, this is one that I need to open and review and let the guest blogger know whether I accept their post or not. That brings us to the next question is what happens after they submit their guest posts? Are you going to acknowledge receipt of their submission? And if so, within how many hours or how many days will you acknowledge that receipt? Is it going to take you 24 hours, 48 hours, a week, two weeks? Guest bloggers like to know that you actually receive their submission. So the polite thing to do would just be in your guidelines to say, when you send your submission in to me, you will receive a reply back from me within 48 hours. Now that reply does not mean 
I'm telling you whether I accepted it or not within 48 hours. You're just telling them that you received the submission within 24 or 48 hours. You also want to let them know how long it's going to take you to review their submission and decide whether or not you're going to accept their submission for publication. I think that it's a nice gesture to let the potential guest blogger know whether or not you did accept their submission for publication. Yeah, it's hard to say no sometimes, but you got to get used to telling people no if you're going to be accepting guest posts because you are going to get a fair amount of posts that do not meet your guidelines or they're not the quality that you're looking for to publish on your blog. Let your guest know within that time frame, yes or no. Yes, I accept your submission or no, thank you. If you do accept their guest post, when do you plan to publish it? Are you going to publish it within a few days or a week or a month? Or are you already booked six months out on guest posts? So give them a kind of a rough idea of when that post will be published. And then also let them know when their guest post does get published on your blog, you want to make sure that you email your guests the link to their guest post because they're going to want to share it with their own followers, their own email list on social media and so forth. Another important item that you need to include in your guest post guidelines is information about payment. Some bloggers pay their guests to write guest posts. Other bloggers accept paid posts from the guest. In other words, the guest pays you to have their post published on your blog. Your guidelines need to specify whether you pay for guest post articles. Just a little aside here, most bloggers do not offer any form of compensation, particularly to first-time guest bloggers. Many times after someone has become a regular guest on your blog, you might offer them some compensation after a while. But for starters, most people don't offer payment to guest bloggers nor do guest bloggers expect to receive payment. And then finally, you want to provide some details about the rights that you are granting the guest blogger. Is your guest required to submit unique content that will be published exclusively on your blog, like a unique article that they've never had published anywhere else and never intend to publish anywhere else? Or can they submit the reprint of an article that has been published somewhere else? Can they submit an adaptation of another article that they published somewhere else? After you publish their article, are they then allowed to submit the same article to other blogs, to other publications? And if so, within what time frame are you allowing them to do that? In other words, once their guest post gets published on your blog, could they then submit that same post immediately to someone else's blog? Or do you require them to wait one month or three months or six months or even longer before they submit that post to another blog or to another publication? Well, as you can see, crafting guest post guidelines requires a lot of thought and a lot of decision making. You will find all of these questions that we have just walked through today in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. Feel free to adapt those questions for your own use as you craft your own guest post guidelines. Guest post guidelines are going to serve you well. And here's a little tip that's going to save you a lot of time because once you start accepting guest posts, you're going to get a lot of pitches, including a lot of the variety that we talked about last week in episode number 54. But when a promising writer pitches you an idea for a guest post and you're going to be replying to them because, yeah, you're interested, you want to see more, your reply should include front and center a link to 
your guest post guidelines. So you should have those published somewhere on your website, somewhere on your blog. They don't have to be a page that's in your main navigation. It can be a page that you just know the address to, you know the URL to that page. But when somebody pitches you a guest post and you reply to them, you're going to say, hey, first thing I want you to do is to check out my guest post guidelines and you are going to find them here and then include a direct link to that page on your website that has your guest post guidelines. Another nice thing about having detailed guest post guidelines, and yes, my guidelines were extremely detailed as you have discovered, because I was just walking you through the guidelines that I actually used on my blog back in the day when I was accepting guest posts. When you have detailed guidelines, it's going to deter bloggers who are not serious or who don't care about following the guidelines because they see all these guidelines that they have to follow and they're like, Ugh, that's too much work for me. I don't want to do that. I just want to send them my really crappy templated article. If these people do persist in submitting something to you, your guidelines are going to give you a built-in way to say, no, thank you, because then you can point out that their submission didn't abide by your guidelines. Therefore, their guest submission is not eligible to be published on your blog. Thank them, wish them well, and hopefully they can find another blogger who is less discerning than you and they can have their article published somewhere else. But it's not going to junk up your blog. A bad article is definitely not going to junk up your blog. If a prospective guest writer is motivated to do a great job for you, they're going to thoroughly read and follow your guidelines. And when that happens, oh my goodness, it is a delight for both your featured guest and for you. I have featured so many guest bloggers on my own site, and I have also guest blogged for so many blogs that have led to long-term relationships, either as a regular guest blogger or as an employee or a contractor or a friend, or even as a future business partner. If you've enjoyed my mini series on guest blogging, please share episodes 54 and 55 with groups for bloggers that you may be a part of, with writers organizations that you're a member of, as well as with your friends and followers on social media. Thanks so much for listening to the Professional Writer Podcast. Talk with you again soon.